Okay, I can't be the only one that cringes every time Nick swings an ax at his foot. Uh, I've seen that and I watch it four times a weekend and this series is gonna be keep on going for a few more weeks and I promise you every time I will look away. Uh, it's just, it, it, I don't know, there's something about it. You expect Nick to do that. I think at this point in our church, as you've seen, every time Nick comes on, stay, or on, on a screen, you just expect things like that to happen. Um, but we're gonna continue this series. Uh, it's a sandal summer where we're taking a look at different scriptures that talk about feet or they talk about sandals or footwear. And uh, we're going to continue to dive in. It's been a fun series so far. Uh, each one is, we're looking at a different verse. So it's, it's kind of a series of standalone messages, if that makes sense. They don't build off of each other. So if you missed a week, if this is your first time here, it's all right. You can dive right in. Nobody else is further in front of you. Uh, but I do encourage you this. If you miss a week, uh, go back and watch it online. Last weekend, I was on vacation with my family. We were enjoying the lake and uh, came back, watched it last week. Amazing, amazing message from Pastor Darren. I promise you this weekend, I won't be turning the lights off on you. Uh, if you were here last weekend, uh, you know what happened. And I have to be honest with you, as the campus pastor here at Apple Valley, um, sometimes I will get texts if things go wrong. Like I'm, I'm, I, I understand that. And there was a moment of anxiety that like skyrocketed when I'm watching and all of a sudden everything goes black. And I was like, what did we do? What happened? Um, and then realized it was part of it. Pastor Darren set me up too. Uh, but it was an awesome, awesome message. I encourage you, go on back and, and watch online. And I'll even say this, for those of you that are watching online right now, Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being a part of this, whether you're a part of the church and you're out of town, so you're tuning in now, or whether you're catching up and watching at a later date. We're so excited that you're, that you're a part of the community and staying connected. So thank you so much for tuning in online. So uh, a little insight into my world before we dive into the message. Um, back before um, family, wife, and kids kind of uh, really took over my time and finances, uh, I loved shoes. All right, I had a, a little bit of a shoe collection. And what did not help that was when I moved to the cities to go to North Central University, I got a job at Champ Sports in the Mall of America selling shoes. I'm pretty sure I didn't made no money while I was there. It just kind of store credit. It kind of came in and went right back. And uh, so it got to the point then where my senior year, I was living with uh, two of my, my best friends. Two of us were... Two of us actually worked at Champs. The other one just tried to use our discount all the time. And we decorated our studio apartments. A studio apartment and you've got the, the cupboards, but it's all kind of living room and kitchen is all kind of the same big room. But most of the time people on top of the cupboards would put like fake plants or real plants if you ever watered them and like pictures and stuff. You'd like decorate up there. That was the only space that you had. That's where we actually would decorate with our shoe boxes. And my wife, who was my fiance at the time, would come in and she'd be like, seriously, guys, how much more like guy apartment can you get than throwing a shoebox? I was like, but Amber, like the Nike boxes are a pop of color. They're the orange. You've got the black. You've got silver from the Jordans. I was like, I don't know what else you would want in this space. And uh, in a confessional moment, I will say this um, right off, just to get it off my chest uh, right away. When we got married... I owned more pairs of shoes than my wife. <laughs> I just, I feel better saying it. And I feel like, I, I just wanna ask that question. Um, are there any other guys here? And it, it, we can start a support group if we need to. 
Are there any other guys just to show a sign of support to me in this moment, but also to each other, that you own more either now or at some point in your life have owned more pairs of shoes in your life than your wife? Anybody else? Am I, am I alone right now? <laughs> See? See? Come on. Okay. I've asked this every time. And you know what's funny? is like nobody raises their hand first. And then there's the one guy and they're like, okay, yeah, me too. And you've got wives that are like, get your hand up. You know you do. <laughs> It's all right. It's all right, guys. It's, it's, it's fine. We can start a life group later. It'll be great. We'll get together at the mall. Um, but we're going we're gonna to dive in. We're going to dive into to our scripture today. Uh, it's found in Isaiah chapter 52. So you can start to turn there, whether you're, whether you're pulling it up on your phone or whether you have your Bibles. Um, and before we read this, I'm going to ask you to do something that we don't normally do here at River Valley. But um, I just, I want to do it and I want to do it as a sign of respect, but also I've, I've got something I want to do. So I want to ask you to stand. We're going to stand for the reading of, of scripture today. Um, I believe that this word is alive and active. And there's a moment of, of respect that we need to make sure that we continue to have, that this isn't just a book, this is the word of God. So we're going to read a lot of scripture. We won't stand every time we do it today. But for this verse, for, for our main verse, I want us to stand uh, as we read this. So, so if you would read this as well, it says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. So while you're standing, you're in a perfect position to see your feet Here's my question. Are your feet beautiful today? Don't ask for opinions. You might not want to know, all right? You might not want to know. So go ahead and have your seats at this time. We're going to dive in. We're going to answer that question. We're going to go over it a few times. Are your feet beautiful? That's what we're going to dive into. But first, let's look a little bit at the book of Isaiah. I love the book of Isaiah. Isaiah is writing in a time where there's amazing world... um, upheaval and turmoil that's happening. There's military upheaval that's going on. There's, there's civil and political upheaval that's going on. There's social upheaval that's happening. The, the nation of Israel is actually split into Israel and Judah at this time, and there's infighting that's there. There's Assyria that is attacking the entire time. And yet throughout this book, um, Isaiah is saying it's not even Assyria that will be the world power forever. We're actually going to be attacked and Jerusalem's going to be taken over by Babylon, who's not even a world power yet, but they're going to rise and they will overcome. So, so there's all of this happening. So throughout the first part of this book, it's all about captivity and it's all about what's going to happen. And there's all this upheaval that's going on. And I couldn't help as I was researching the time that he was, that he was writing in, I couldn't help but think about how similar it is to our day and age right now. We're really in the midst of of some crazy times. You you don't even have to go that far back to find um, shootings in Orlando and bombings in Istanbul just this last week. We're in a crazy crazy military time where there's upheaval all over the place and there's chaos. We're in a season right now where there's there's political craziness that is happening. On on both sides of the aisle, we're, we're living in the middle of it. And it reminded me that When we read through scripture, we can't just look at scripture as historical background as to why we believe what we believe. This is something that is alive and active today. This is very, very relevant to our today, not just yesterday. It doesn't just give context to where we're at. It actually speaks directly into our today. And I encourage you to read it that way as well. This is prophecies that even Isaiah is saying that are still coming true today. And Isaiah is a prophet. 
He's a guy who God is speaking to, to say, take my message to to the world, to the nation of Israel, to the the future um, nations that will be reading it, of what is going to happen. And even this week as I was praying, I thought to myself, God, I pray that we as a church still have a prophetic voice. It's not just something uh, from the past. It's not just something that we can read about the prophets, but even today we're seeking God's word into our lives, God's voice as it's active, guiding and directing us to go to places and saying, here's what's going to happen. This is the message that you need to bring. And it's a message of hope. Um, Again, 1 Corinthians 12, 31 says, eagerly desire greater gifts. We did an entire series on that. We're not going to go deeply into it, but I pray and I want to remind us even today to desire gifts of prophecy, desire gifts of, of speaking in the tongues of angels, entire gifts of healing, desire greater gifts. You can read through all of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. They're all listed out there, but we want to be a church that continually desires those gifts. And that's where we find our verse, Isaiah 52, 7. Right before that, Isaiah is talking about all the turmoil that's going to happen. And then he has a word from God that he says in, in just the same chapter, just a couple verses before, that says uh, in verse 3, you were sold for nothing and without money you will be redeemed. And continues to go through, but it says you were sold for nothing, but without money you will be redeemed. That's the message. Again, he's speaking to people who he's actually talking about their captivity. Their captivity hasn't even come yet. And he's saying, you know what? There will be captivity, but a redeemer is coming. What's the good news in the moment right there when he's saying is is the redeemer is coming. That's the good news that Isaiah is bringing. He even says right after that in verse 9, he says, Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Israel. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. That's what, that's, as a prophet, what he's doing is he's speaking to what is going to happen. He's saying it as it has already happened. Because when God says something, you can bank on it. It will happen. And he's saying, the good news is that a redeemer has showed up. A redeemer in this time is coming. We have the awesome privilege to to see what that was. And we jump forward into the book of Romans. In Romans, if if there's people here who maybe um, you haven't been in the church long and you're looking for a great book that puts it all together, I encourage you, read the book of Romans. Paul does an amazing job while he's teaching uh, the people of Rome as he's writing this letter of taking the Old Testament and all of the prophecies and putting the pieces together with what Jesus did in the Gospels. Like this is the life that he showed up and he's like over and over again, it says, he'll say, and then this happened to fulfill this prophecy and all throughout Romans. And he actually references this verse, Paul does, which is, is interesting. Isaiah, I'll give you this little fact as well. Isaiah is the second most quoted Old Testament book in the New Testament behind only the Psalms. People will quote the Psalms more, but there's no other book in the Old Testament quoted more in the New Testament by disciples, uh, by Jesus himself than the book of Isaiah. In Luke chapter four, Jesus pulls out the scroll, he's teaching in the temple, pulls out the scroll, finds Isaiah and reads Isaiah, the prophecy about the Messiah coming, rolls it up, puts it away and says, today in your midst, this prophecy is fulfilled. Says, I am that redeemer. Even I'll say this, if Jesus read the book of Isaiah, you should probably read the book of Isaiah, all right? Take some time, read into the book of Isaiah. But Paul, as he's talking about it, as he's, um, as he's laying out and he, he references this verse, he says it in chapter, chapter 10, and we're going to start in verse 9, and then we're going to jump ahead to where he does it, and he says this in verse 9. 
If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? For it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. There's our verse once again that's back. It says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. First of all, as we unpack that passage, verse 9 is an amazing verse. You may have heard churches say uh, at altar call times, and it, it rolls out of churches um, so, so quickly, I think, at times that, that we forget that it's Scripture. In verse 9 where it says, if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. That's all that it takes. It's not just a company line that churches say. It's Scripture. Romans 10, 9, that's what it says right there. That's what salvation is. That's the good news. That's the gospel all wrapped up in one. But then... The second part of that is what it means for us. The second part of that is our role, and our role is to bring the good news. So the question again for us today is what are your feet bringing? What are your feet bringing? Because whether you want to believe it or not, your feet are communicating something. Even if your feet are just sitting there and staying stagnant and not doing anything, they're communicating, you know what, I'm not willing to move, I'm not willing to go, I'm not willing to do something. That's what they're communicating in that moment. And over the course of, of the last couple of weeks, as I've already mentioned, um, we've seen some amazing tragedies in our world. Um, we've, seen, we've seen the shootings in Orlando. We've seen just last week again the bombing uh, in Istanbul, uh, the, the number of, of terrorist attacks that are happening around the world. And every time that you see a moment, a, a, a chaos like this happen, there's groups of people that always show up. There's people that are showing up at the scene um, to do different things. The, the first group that shows up is always the news, right? It seems like people are, are flocking there to, to offer opinions and, and talk about how it could have been prevented or what needs to be done next. And, and they're, they're broadcasting from the site. I think there's times where the news just has people set up in every community across the world so that immediately when something happens, they can go live to the scene. But they're there not to help. They're not doing, um, they're, they're not actually going in and making sure everyone's okay. They're just there talking about it. And I think a lot of times the church can look too much like the media. We talk about a lot of stuff, but we don't actually show up on the scene to do something about it. And it's time for us to, to not just be the media, not just show up and say, hey, we're going to be here and we're going to talk about it. We're going to offer opinions about how we can do it differently or, or how it should have been prevented, but, but we're actually going to do something about it. The second group that shows up is there's always a group that, that's just there to be gawkers. They're just there to, to, to look. They're there to take pictures and they want to they wanna be in the know and they want to see what's there and see what's happening. This happens even in our own community. Every time you see flashing lights of a police car, everyone slows down. It doesn't even have to be an accident. It's like, oh, who got pulled over? Do I know him? Can I call him later and tell him that I saw him? Like, there's people that are stopping and you're literally like the entire traffic stopped because we're all just stopping to watch what's going on or to see, to see who's there, even though there's no intention at all to help. But in the midst of these moments, um, when you look closely at the footage, you see that there's amazing men and women, brave heroes running into the midst of the chaos when the rest of the world is running away from the chaos, running into the middle of the chaos that are there. And we're in a series talking about footwear and, and feet. And um, 
These are boots that I don't think anybody right now, as you've even looked at them up here on stage or look at them now, I don't think there's many people that would be like, wow, that's a pretty pair of boots. Uh, those are just beautiful. But um, these, are, these are my buddy Mark's boots. Mark is a police detective, but he's also a member of the SWAT team. And I called him this last week. I said, hey, can, can I borrow a pair of your boots for this weekend? And he's like, yeah, do you want like the polished, shiny, like office ones? Or do you want like the real ones that I have to go to my locker? And I was like, if I can get the real ones, that would be great. And he said, deal, I'll Febreze them for you. So thank you, Mark, uh, for that. But these, um, while we may not think that they're beautiful right now, these are the boots of a person who's willing to run into the midst of the chaos because he understands how to neutralize the threat and save lives. That's, what's, that's what it's all about. And I think in this moment, here we are on, on the 4th of July weekend, um, I think it's appropriate for each and every one of us to, to even show our appreciation to those that, that are either military and, and are around the world fighting for our freedom, making sure that it's there, or even here policing our own streets, ensuring the freedom that we get to experience. So in this moment, would you just even give a hand of applause to those? We thank you so much for all of your sacrifice. We thank you so much for, for your sacrifice. And um, I feel like this is when we look at our feet. This should look more like the church um, than any of the other people that are there. It's not about showing up and offering opinions. It's about understanding that our world actually looks a lot like chaos right now. If we look at the spiritual picture and, and we use the word picture of, of that chaos and look at, look at what is happening right now in our world, there's, there's spiritual chaos happening all around us. But we need to be the type of people because we understand that we, we have the answer. We understand in the middle of it all, we can run into the middle and neutralize the threat and save lives. How much more so are, do, we, do we honor those that run in and save a physical life? How much more so should we, should we honor and, and lift up those that run in the middle and save someone's eternity? It doesn't just end here, but continues on going. And when we have that answer, when we understand what it takes for people to have salvation forever, we have to be the type of people that are going into the middle of it. We can't just sit on the sidelines and, and be dressed up for church on Sunday and wear our Sunday best and sit back and be like, man, we hope somebody goes. There's got to be a little bit less news commentator and a little bit more SWAT team. It's got to be a little bit less Gucci and a little bit more grime in the midst of it all. Amen. That's the kind of church that, um, that we need to be. It's not even a suggestion. When we look through scripture, um, if you've been a part of River Valley at all, you know that we've talked a ton about the Great Commission found in Matthew chapter 28. As Jesus is speaking to his disciples, he's ascended from the grave and there's a kind of last moment teaching where he says, go and make disciples, known as the Great Commission. In that sentence, we talk a lot about the word go. That word go is a command. Our kids' ministry is go kids. We, we talk about, we did an entire series just on the word go. But when you parse out that sentence, when you take a look at what Jesus was saying, the command of that, the, the, the focus of that sentence was actually make disciples. The go part could have actually been better translated more as as you go or when you go. Because it wasn't even a question. 
The disciples weren't sitting back going, all right, Jesus, what are we supposed to do now? And he's like, you know what? You guys need to go with this message and you need to go and make disciples. They were like, all right, we're, we have to go to the world. We just realized they're sitting with the savior of the world who's just conquered death in the grave. They understand what they, what they have in front of them. We have to go to the world. What do we do when we go? And Jesus said, when you go, make disciples. It's not about should I, it's about when you go. And I will say this, the question then that we have to answer is, is our faith active? Are we going someplace? Are we going someplace? Because if your feet are not walking, your faith is not working. If your feet are not going someplace, your faith isn't doing what it's supposed to be doing. I'll go even a step further and say, if you are not, if your faith is not active, your faith is not biblical. Because over and over throughout scripture, it says, go, go. James lays it straight out. And in James chapter two, it says in verse 14, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith, but has no deeds, can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. Faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. Now, please hear me in this. You are not saved because of your works. We talked about that. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. You are saved because you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth. That's it. That's all that it takes. But in that moment, it should change something in you where your faith takes over and it spurs you to action and says, you know what? Now that I know, now that I've experienced this peace and I've experienced this freedom and I've experienced this salvation, I have to be active. I've got to continue to go out and continue to do what God has done for me. I have to be able to share that message and go after it. Um, crazy quote from Penn Jillette, all right? Widely outspoken atheist. I even thought about, do I say this or not? And then last week, Pastor Darren shared a quote from Gandhi, and I figured it, if he's got on Gandhi, I can do an atheist. So Penn Jillette, though, widely outspoken atheist, has said over and over again, he does not believe that there even is a God and does not even like, believe that people should believe that. But even he said, and went on quote, I'm offended when Christians don't evangelize. Because he said, if you truly believe that there is a heaven and a hell, and you think that I'm going to hell, I hope that you would tell me. Right. Even though I don't believe it. I've heard the message and I don't believe it. And I think it's, it's crazy that we have atheists that are saying, I can't believe that they don't do it either. But yet we've got church people that are sitting back. We have to be people as when we know what God has done, we know what salvation is, we know what that good news is. It's not just a prophecy of things to come, but we know who the Redeemer is, what he's done in our lives. It has to spur us on to be those people who are going, that our feet are moving in that process. So again, what are your feet bringing to the world? There's some easy ways to, to get involved. You can get involved right here at, at church. We believe here as a church that, that we are the good news to this community. You can get involved with, with a team here, whether it's life teams on the weekends, whether it's a life group that's here. We have local projects, life groups that go out into the community and, and they serve the area. You can get involved. If you, if you don't know how to do it on your own, get involved in a team. Be a part of what is already happening. We just talked about it in announcements just a couple of weeks away. We have Serve Your City. We get an opportunity for one morning to go and just serve the communities that we all live in and just say, you know, we're going to go outside of the walls of this church and we're going to go out and we're going to do something. You can go on a global team. There's ones that are open all of the time. There's always an open global team at River Valley Church that you can register for. 
that's going around the world. Again, Serve Your City is really a one-day mini global team. That's what we do on global teams. When we go around the world, we serve a community and they're like, I can't believe this. You came all the way from America to come and serve us. And you're like, yes, because Jesus loves you. And we wanted to show you that. Here, we get the same thing. People are like, you get to take your Saturday and come pull weeds at a park in Apple Valley. And you're like, yes, because Jesus loves you. And we wanted to show you that. That's what we get to do. I encourage you to do it. But it's not just something that you schedule your time on. It's not just something that you say, hey, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to set aside this, these hours or this week. It's something that we have to commit to personally on an ongoing day-to-day, 24-hour process as well. The question then is, what are you doing in your neighborhood to the people that are around you? You have an amazing opportunity right now. Minnesotans love to be outside in both weeks of summer that we get, right? All of your neighbors this weekend are going to be out. They're going to be grilling. They're going to be barbecuing. They're going to be outside. You have an opportunity to walk across the street or or yell across the fence in your backyard and say, hey, and just start a conversation with people that can lead towards what God has done in your life. I've heard it said before that that the garage door is like our modern day moat. When you think about it, in medieval times, you, you build your castle and then you build there, you dig this really deep moat, you fill it with water and alligators and crocodiles. And then when you come, you lower the gate, you come in and then you close the gate. Nobody can come touch you. Today, we get home from the office, we open the garage door, we pull into the garage door and close the world out behind us and we never actually even know our neighbors. That's not the way that God or the the Bible has called us to live. We've got to be out even talking with our neighbors and being a part of it because we have that message. We have that gospel. The emphasis in this scripture um, is on the feet, which is interesting because it's, it's about going. It's about where are you carrying the message of hope? Where are you carrying the message of the gospel? It's not about the voice. It's not about just proclaiming the gospel and hoping that people come to you and then that they hear it. It's about going. It's not about the heart. It's not about just caring. It's not even just about like, oh, I'll, I'll give some money to kingdom builders and hopefully that'll work. I love that we do that. I love that we're a generous church, but we also have to play our role to go and bring the good news, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. To go to to proclaim peace in a time of destruction, to bring good tidings in the midst of chaos, to proclaim salvation in the midst of moral decay so that other people, that last line in that verse, can proclaim your God reigns. That they can see in your life, that they can, they can hear from, from your bringing the gospel and realize your God reigns. The cool part about it is even part of this verse is, um, it says the feet of those. It's plural. We all have a role to play. We all have a spot on the team. We all have to, to step up and do our part. So again, the question is, are your feet beautiful? Are they carrying the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ? That there is salvation. There's peace in the midst of it. That no matter where you come from, no matter what your past is, that Jesus Christ has paid the price. He's already done more than enough. And that message of hope and salvation is there for you today. Are you carrying that message? So today, I'm gonna ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I'm gonna do two parts here. There's two things that I wanna make a call for. The first is this, is I want to make sure that each and every person in this place has the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Today we read Romans chapter 10, verse 9. It says, if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that you will be saved. 
If you've never done that before, you've done that and you've walked away and you say, today is my day. I want to make that commitment to Jesus Christ. I'm just going to ask you, there's nobody looking around to slip up your hand even right now and say, I'm in. Jesus, I want to make you Lord and Savior of my house or of my life. If that's you today, I just want you to raise your hand. Nobody looking around. I'll be able to see. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Again, I encourage you, those that raised your hand, it's as simple as a prayer that you can even pray right now that says, God, I want you to come into my life. I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. The second group that I want to talk to today is, is those of us who are a part of the church already. We know that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, but we need to recommit to doing what God has called us to do, to walking to the places God has called us to walk to. And even today, with your head still down, I'm gonna ask you to do this, and I know it might be a little bit weird, but God calls us to action. I'm gonna do it as well. I'm gonna ask you to take off a shoe. It's as easy as if, if you have a slip on, it's easier than the rest of us. But I'm gonna ask you to take off a shoe right now. Because I think it's a word picture that, that we need to see in this moment. I believe as we talked about the prophetic, that God even wants to speak today. And my prayer is this, each and every one of our prayers is to say, God, where do my feet need to go? Where does this shoe need to carry me? And I believe that even in this moment, God will give us a name. Maybe it's a friend or a family member. God will give us a place, whether it's our, our workplace or a place that we're supposed to go that says, this is where your feet are supposed to go. I believe that in this moment, God will put that in our lives and in our hearts to say, this is where you are supposed to go to carry the good news. That is my prayer. Then today, is as soon as you have that, you can put your shoe back on, but putting your shoe back on commits and says, I'm ready to go. I know where you've called me. I'm putting my shoe on. I am prepared to go where you have called me to go. If God isn't, if you don't have that right away, we're gonna have the prayer teams up here. You can pray and say, I want God to speak to me. We're gonna have the prayer team up here and, and you can have that moment. But let me pray for you even right now before we, before we close. God, I thank you that you still speak. And I pray for each and every one of these shoes. God, you have called them to go to a single place, to a, to a place that you have a plan for us for. And God, I pray that even in this moment, Lord, that you put names and you put places on our hearts, that we would follow your prompt, that we would follow your lead into the places so that we can be carriers of the good news. We can be carriers of the gospel that you have called us to do. God, we love you. We praise you. We commit to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.